Hello there! You're probably expecting an episode of the movie mixtape with Marcy and Dirk all about the little shop of horrors. And so was I! And yeah, we did have that conversation, me and Marcy, and it were proper good and re lovely. But sadly, a gremlin got into the machine and the audio is junk. And we just can't share it with you with a clear conscience. Now, if there is anybody out there who is desperate for a bit of Little Shop of Horror uh, topic chat, then why not email into us at the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com and I'm sure we might be able to find a way to get you that below quality audio if you do so desire. But instead, this week what we've done is we've got in our time machine Fast forward to the week and move straight to our friend's movie for this mixtape. And our friend is one Kevin Cablasto, the podcast heretic from Spaghetti and Freddy that he does with Yoli. He's chosen to join us at this time to discuss one of his all-time favourite movies that just so happens to involve a monster. It is Alien from 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Sigourney Weaver. John Hurt and Ian Home. Also, there's a cat. So, if that tickles your fancy, why don't you sit back, relax, and enjoy the mix. Welcome to the movie mixtape. Hello, Marcy. How are you? Hello, Dirk. That that one was so unexpected. You're on a roll for greetings for mm-hmm. this mix, but I'm good. How are you? I'm sensing. I'm sensing a malevolent presence somewhere, <laughs> somewhere floating around. So I'm all right for the time being, but the mood may change. The mood may change. Are, are you okay? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm kind of nervous for this episode, but you know, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> How's your energy levels? Um, super high right now. Like I'm on red alert for an alien in the spaceship. <laughs> been drinking your Mountain Dew. Yes, <laughs> I've been drinking Mountain Dew all day. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I expect nothing less. Uh, but yeah, this is a special episode, I suppose, isn't it? A. Mm, a. This, yes. A. A. a? What? what are you talking a? about? <laughs> um, this is our. This is our new style of movie called our friends movie mm-hmm. ain't that right yes this is I, what we're doing this is the new format friends movie yes we, we wrote it down on a piece of paper and we stuck it to a wall so it's the officially the <laughs> format and we've on our monster monster mixtape and we actually have a friend friend, friend. and and monster for this oh, episode. My goodness. <laughs> a friendly monster oh my goodness <laughs> hello to uh, Kevin Cablasto. How are you doing? Hello, me mates. <laughs> Turn off the microphone now. <laughs> I'm just trying to fit in. So You're doing I, I, great. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing well. You, you got the you. accent down. This is going to be wonderful. Um, it's going to be like talking to Dirk twice. He got the accent down. It was an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do all you lot in a minute if you don't stop. Let's hear it. I'm going to go down and eat some cheese grits down the local... 
Water in hole. I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> No. That's what we all say. <laughs> it is. That is what we say. We've so. been talking for half an hour before we got started, and all it was was warring hole this, warring hole that, stoops, <laughs> decks, patio, shuffleboards, board senseless. And now well, finally, here we are talking in real life. Are you all right, Kev? I'm doing well. Do people call you Kev? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, they do now. Mm hmm. So. I, I can't. It's going to be Kavlasto the whole episode. That, that, that seems more natural. So. Okay. okay. Uh, you know who calls me Kev is my mom. Kev! That's what she says. So that's the only way you can say it. When, when, you... when you were little, would your mom yell Kevin like Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone? Yes. <laughs> I'm giving you the deadest stare right now. Because <laughs> I know that doesn't translate to audio. So, And, and I've, I've never had anyone ask me that. So I'm honored. I, that, I that feel was, like you're a little Kevin McAllister, like when you were, especially yes. when you were little. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I killed many people with paint cans, if that's what you mean. <laughs> you were going to say, I've killed many a wet bandit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, So you dress them up however you need to afterward, you know, drag <laughs> them into your house and just say they were robbing you. So, <laughs> yeah, it works out perfect. I, I think you're more the older brother. What is his name? Biff or Chip? Yes. Whatever. Let's go with I, Biff. I Biff. prefer... Uh, I think it's, is it Butch? It's Buzz. It's Buzz. 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 Oh, yeah. Buzz, Buzz, Buzz. your girlfriend, Wolf. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's the line I wanted to say. Can Asking we just, can we just re- record? Their pits. That's, what, that's all you're about, isn't it? But what are you <laughs> yes. about, Kerblasto? Because you're on here to discuss this movie, but also, don't you have one of them podcasts? Uh, I do. What, well, we've <laughs> talked about it on here, so that was a rhetorical question. But tell us all about it. Spaghetti and Freddy, it's called, isn't it? You really helped me out there. Yeah. I, I was on another podcast whose name I should not mention because I don't <laughs> I don't believe that uh, they've paid you the royalties. Oh, he writes you... in all the time. You can mention okay. his podcast. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was on SETI BIMCO and realized that it was the first time I had to say the podcast name out loud, I believe. And uh, well, regardless, we had just had a conversation about what it was. And uh, after recording a whole season, basically. And yeah, it's Spaghetti and Freddy. But all of a sudden, during the headlights, I'm like, is it Freddy and Spaghetti? <laughs> and I had, I'm a Yoli, even me mentioning it wrong just now. I know she's waking from her grave and stirring and angry right now that I could possibly screw it up. So keeps me on a tight leash. Oh, you're going to say you're quite right to note that Yoli is the professional member oh, yeah. of the duo. Um, I, I, keeps you uh, ship shape. But how did you two guys get together? Well, how did that podcast come about? Oh, it's very exciting. Um, she asked me if I do a podcast with her. There you go. The you, rest heard, you, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> that <laughs> is, yeah. Up, update the wiki entry, the Wikipedia entry. Yeah, she asked me if uh, Yoli I knew through the Bat and Spider Discord. Don't Google that. And uh, <laughs> that's the Chuck Firmsman podcast with Dale underscore A. And uh, where they talk about filthy trash. And Yoli uh, was in there and basically just had said to me, Hey, will you do a, well, she listened to Companeros. That was me pretending to do an accent, uh, which I do know. I do know accents unless I'm trying to offend uh, someone, but uh, we did that. She listened to that episode for them, realized that she loves spaghetti Westerns and I hadn't seen any, but I knew Nightmare on Elm Street. So she baited me in with Freddie. Uh, so yeah, I said, I can talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, my sleep that pun intended. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, spaghetti westerns I knew nothing of, so I said sure. Why the hell not? I don't like seeing my f- family and friends, so 
So I just added something else into my my always busy schedule. I, and, uh, I mean, like, uh, it's the perfect excuse, though. Like, hey, do you want to come out tonight? No, I got to record the podcast. Like, well, sorry. yeah, it, it, it makes me sound both uh, ridiculous and professional. So <laughs> if, if I'm nothing else, it's ridiculously professional. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, my friends are, believe me, my friends are getting on my case. They're like, are you on every podcast now? Because I just keep posting the shares. So anyway, <laughs> and apparently my friends... I got a message just now about the SETI BIMCO one. My friend said I listened to it. That's all I get. It's just cryptic messages. Even Megan, uh, my, my significant other, she said, I listened to the episode today <laughs> and I'll get nothing else. I'll just pull the blankets over and go to sleep. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be noon and we're eating lunch uh, with the family. But yeah, <laughs> slightly awkward, but I'm not in it for the fame. I'm, uh, I'm in it. Yes, I, I'm in it for the paychecks. Well, well, yes, exactly. So the uh, lucrative sponsorship. No, I'm yeah. in it. I'm in it for someone actually wanting to listen to me talk for hours upon end. Although I have employees who are forced to do that too. So, <laughs> well, congratulations, and we love Yoli here too. So it's really exciting that like you guys have supported us. Like I think from the beginning, and it's just nice that we can like you know listen to you guys and support you guys now. And um, thank you for like sharing all that with us. It's like nice to know um, the exciting start of everything. <laughs> you know, oh, all, uh, they all start yeah. that way, right? Yeah, you want to start a podcast? I so. will say this. I will say this. I'll give you a little bit of more info that I don't think others have. Uh, I'll give you the exclusive that uh, Yoli was, I guess, really surprised when I said yes. Uh, Also, I I didn't really, I knew Yoli just through social media, basically of being like, you know, fire emoji, things of that nature (laughs) when you post something in your story. But, But past that, Yoli was just really surprised when I said yes, to the point of where I think she didn't actually plan on me saying yes. And then it was like a mad, struggle to figure out how the hell we were going to do this so which it wasn't that big of a deal it's just we call it we watch a movie then we call each other and talk about it so it's, i mean it's like you said yes and she was like oh my god what have i done yeah 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 it's like when i agreed to marry that gremlin <laughs> well yeah when i agreed to marry greta you love her okay well here's the, here's the thing i love her but apparently she doesn't love me because she left <laughs> left me we did even- yes it's over. Yeah. Oh my it, God. It, we just it, got your wedding invite. Well, you can still send gifts. <laughs> uh, you know, it didn't work out. Apparently I was too ugly for her. Oh my so, gosh. But anyway, wow. sorry. Sorry. Wow. To dis- sorry this to disappoint. is heartbreaking news. This is not the news I wanted on my podcast. Today. Listen, just... listen, you ask for the truth and I can only deliver the truth. If there, if I'm nothing else, it's honest. I, I, might need a minute. Over, uh, and I was just hovering over my plane tickets, just about to click. Just seeing your face reminded me to click. Well, we can have a, a I still need people to console me after I've, <laughs> I've been left at the altar. So we'll be, we'll be visiting. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Derek will show up with his, his British compassion and say, they're there. And then <laughs> back in the plane, he goes, bring me some spotted dick. To, well, yeah. that's, that's guaranteed. That's locked in. <laughs> Uh, what, what all fish in the sea that's yeah. what everybody says isn't it yeah. not enough gremlins out there though is there when you've got well, a particular kink mm-hmm. well here's the thing i i of course i squirted a few tears oh my and, god and, and luckily one landed on her and so yeah. I, I just spawned a new one so i am still getting married it's just not to greta wow but, so yeah oh my gosh out. All right. Now more sympathy. Whatever. You know what? I'm yes. I'm done feeling sorry for you. You got another lady gremlin. 
Congratulations. Congratulations on the pod and the wedding. Did I say Lady Gremlin? I just said Gremlin. You know, <laughs> at this point, all the plans are in place. You just mm-hmm. got to you got to roll with it. So. If anything, the Lady Gremlin was the anomaly created true. by science. It's true. What, is, what has science ever done for us that was good? Besides the Lady Gremlin? Yeah. Well, besides the Lady Gremlin. I mean, that's... And Pop-Tarts. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a science book right there. Lady mm-hmm. Gremlin of Pop-Tarts. That's your autobiography. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The name of my band. Kabasto, yeah. would you yes. like to tell us uh, why we're why here today I... and what you picked for us today? Hopefully uh, we watched it. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I guess so. So once again, someone stupidly asked me to be on a podcast and I said, <laughs> yeah, I said yes. And uh, maybe they were surprised. But so I'm trying to think, did I get to pick this movie? I believe yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. I did. I you did took it. like three months to pick. This I, movie. <laughs> you, you're not exaggerating. I think it was three months. I just thought the podcast would end before then. And I, and I wouldn't have to do it. So, <laughs> so but, the dirt uh, probably. <laughs> I think it's wishing it ended before this happened. But so, okay. So am I announcing what we're talking about? Or am I just reading about it? <laughs> yes. I, talk, just talk know. about it. Oh, I'm gonna. Go on. There it goes. In space. No. Nope. No what one did. I just wait. <laughs> this is my show now. Just wait. Go for it. In space. No one can hear you in space. <laughs> a, a, a bunch of space truckers wake up in the wrong part of town and pick up some unfortunate cargo. One of one of their crow, crew gets his face impregnated. Watch watches the lady and her cat are the only ones to make intelligent decisions as she fights to survive against penises and vaginas. We watched Alien. <laughs> <laughs> or we were supposed to. I hope you guys did. So and now, and now, do your synopsis. <laughs> we were. You took. It did take a while to pick this film, and then after you'd picked it, about a week later, you went. I'm picking Alien, and I was like, Yeah, you've already told us you were picking this. So I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what was going on I, in your brain when you were having to sit down and thinking about I, your movies. I don't know either. I no. I can never. If I'm the person who's last to explain myself, and also, so wait, this is Monsters Month. For you guys. Well, Jesus. What? It's Monsters Mix. I get yelled at if I say month. It's, okay. It's a, you know. This is Alien Mikey, Month. Mikey, hold on a second. Mikey, just ignore yeah. that, what you said there. Me and you know it's the mixtape. Me and you know it's a mixtape. I, I listen to your podcast whenever I'm walking my dog. No, I'm not biting on that one. <laughs> Marcy, asked me, Marcy asked me about my dog. Oh, my God. Is your dog a gremlin? <laughs> Marcy, I don't have a dog. I know. <laughs> but the audience at home doesn't. Oh, so, my gosh. So, yeah, I, 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 know, I know nothing about the format of this show. Thank you. <laughs> I can tell by the way it's headed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was going to be originally be like, ooh, I'm going to do a Marcy here. And I'm going to be like, hello, can you hear me? And, and then you guys would be like, yeah, we can hear you fine. And I'm like, I'm out in space. <laughs> I don't think in space anyone could hear me. Maybe if I scream. Is but this I di- David I Bowie that. in space? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was my David Attenborough. <laughs> we, were dis- we were described recently by another podcast as 80% giggles and 20% <laughs> movie. And I'm happy. I'm happy with them fractions. Yeah, that's, that's what brung us to the dance. And that's what we're sticking with. Let's get it to 90% giggles. <laughs> let's do it. Keep those. Keep you. Keep <laughs> your sh- Keep your shorts on, Cablasto. All right, Cablasto. I'm putting you back on the rails for as long as I can right now. But tell tell us. What's up? So when did you first see this movie? Or can you remember like the time you saw this movie? 
what was it two days ago for this okay. podcast great Thanks. Thank <laughs> All right, you. so okay no i will be honest with you i cannot remember which blows my mind because i've seen this movie a good amount i will say this i had seen ridley or or sorry not well i had seen a lot of ridley scott movies i'd I guess it's up Blade Runner after this, which I'll probably bring up in my talking about it, which is why I mentioned it now. And then I had seen Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. So this was not my first Sigourney. This might have been my first the rest of the cast, which I've then seen in a lot of other things. I believe it was my first John Hurt. So it must have been early on. This was definitely a me pick. This is not a, my family watched it. Mm-hmm. My family was big, in a, big, big into action and whatever else. Like they mm-hmm. would watch anything. Like Total Recall, I saw when I was young, which I shouldn't have. And that was a, a family flick because Arnold was in it. <laughs> this is one that I specifically found on my own, I think. So it would have just been something I rented. So I must have been a teenager. So I probably okay. saw it a little older, but old enough to appreciate it and enjoy it. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I was on in the background when I was young. And then it wasn't until later that I saw it and I actually got it or I was hiding out of the covers or anything like that. It was I specifically made an effort to see it knowing it was great. I mean, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty darn good. It's pretty I, darn good. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Apparently, I have a reputation of hating all movies, which which I have quite a few. So I don't know. It's, that would be terrible. By coincidence, as Dirk said, I had picked this movie twice for you guys <laughs> to do. And then I looked at my letterbox, which I kind of use. Um, after a while, I just I mark that I watch things and I write review coming soon, apparently. And then I never do a review, (laughs) which I just found out the other day. But this is in my top four, I guess, which which I didn't know that when I picked it, which is pretty funny. (laughs) But I also I also have an alien poster, not like an official movie, like a Mondo poster by an artist hanging on the wall. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of my choice of just being like, yeah, maybe I should do alien. As I think I looked around the room and saw like a bunch of alien merchandise and and, (laughs) and Ridley Scott was sitting next to me. <laughs> you know, pointing at his uh, videography, but uh, life-size Ian Home uh, <laughs> mannequin, but his Drink- Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And I was drinking milk at the time, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a mug that looks like Ian Holm's head. Oh that, God. They just that just comes through the milk. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so anyway, oh. people who haven't seen the movie won't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> no. Pe- pe- people who haven't seen the movie should go see the movie. Exactly. Because yes. we're, I, I don't plan on not spoiling this movie. We give everyone like a fair warning. I think like, hey, we're, we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the things that happened in this. And it's from 1979. If you haven't seen this movie, what are you doing? I would say stop listening to the podcast now. <laughs> never come back and go watch the movie. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye listeners. Thanks. <laughs> Even if you listen to this episode, it won't make sense anyway. I'm going to speak <laughs> not total nonsense, but you should then watch the movie because it is a movie that holds up to repeated viewings even if you know every single bit of it there's so much subtlety and so much perfection in it that you're going to get a new experience each time Mm -hmm. i watched it i watched it twice right before this with commentary without commentary well not today but a day or two ago and uh still fantastic i watched it with megan this past year she had never seen it and and it was fantastic so great to experience with someone for the first time so yeah yeah it took it took me a while to watch this I think I was 24 the first time I saw it because I 
have a big fear of hostile aliens. Um, so ET, no go, yeah. no thank you. Um, but I was always afraid of this movie and I had an art teacher in middle school that would always talk about it. We were like 11 and 12 and she'd be like, you can't see alien. You can't ever see alien. And we were like, what is she talking about? Like we were way too young to ever watch it. But um, the only sad thing is when you wait that long to watch something like this, you know about the big scenes. Like, oh yeah, we'll get more into them, but you know, like, you know, those are going (sighs) to happen. And that's the only thing that really sucks. But I had only ever watched it that one time. So this weekend was my second time ever watching it. I watched it again today a little bit, but I do. I'm really excited to talk about the one thing that like on a rewatch definitely really pays off. We kind of maybe have mentioned the actor already. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a little bit more into him in a little bit. But watching his mannerisms and what he's doing, you're like, oh, this makes total sense. Sure. So that was my fun thing on my rewatch. But Dirk, what about you? Do you remember the first time you saw this? Well, I remember this. I mean, this was not my entry point into the Alien franchise. Oh, really? No. So I saw Aliens first. Because uh, I think that was just on TV one time, and I was like gobsmacked, loving these flipping aliens running through air vents and these space marines and all that kind of palaver. And then you find out that there's one before it, and they just took the S off it, and there's only one alien. What a <laughs> smart idea that was! Um, so then you go back and watch that, and I don't obviously when you've seen aliens, you kind of know, kind of know what you're getting in a little way in Alien. In that I knew you probably. I think I probably knew that Ian Holm was going to, you know, the, what happens with that character arc was going to happen there because it's kind of set up, isn't it, in Aliens? He has a she has a, a distrust of a certain type of character. And then you obviously know who survives because there we are. That's how Aliens starts. So, so you kind of, the, some of the beats were, you weren't, it wasn't, an, I mean, in 1979, even I was only one then, you know, it's not like I could go and watch that in the cinema. So I guess some of that is some of that <laughs> is lost, I, I suppose. So you're just there to 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 revel. He's just there to try and enjoy the majesty and how it is delivered. I think, isn't it? Like, and like I think that's what you were alluding to, Kablasto, isn't it? Like it's rewatchable and and oh, yeah. uh, for for many many different reasons. Two things based on what you guys just said, Marcy. When we get to that scene, uh, actually, one of the the very impactful, shocking scenes in the movie. I do have to talk about how the experience with Megan was ruined because she had an experience similar to yours, and that I didn't have. I guess maybe I no, I didn't. Somehow I didn't. But my timelines all mixed up. But this will just have fun editing this. You know. Thank you. Add an extra hour on. It'll be fine. Okay. So, no, we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, forget someone else's watch. This is the me show. This is about oh me and my watch and Dirk and Dirk's watch and <laughs> Darcy and her watch. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. The Dirk yeah. and Darcy show. Yeah. And God. now the Blasto has joined us. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to bring up one thing that I really caught on this rewatch too. how you were saying how well this holds up. But one of my favorite movies of all time is The Thing. Okay. And and this is so similar to The Thing, especially with the practical effects and the visuals. And I think that's something like two big reasons why these movies really hold up. 
um, just the thought and care put into it. I actually think the thing might be a little bit more messed up than this movie. This movie, yes, like things kind of happen in the dark that you don't really see mm-hmm. as much. Um, but I just love that they're stuck in this one little area and it's either like, we're going to destroy our safety, our spaceship or our like hut in Antarctica or like destroying this creature. So actually yeah. that, that was the thing I wanted to say when Dirk was speaking about aliens. So I might've actually had a similar instance where I saw the sequel before I saw the first one because my family was more into like sci-fi and action and aliens. I always say, say to people is a sci-fi action movie. Mm-hmm. The, the first one I always say is a sci-fi horror movie, which is also why I would have seen it when I saw it because I was delving deep into horror to hear more about my journey into horror turned into the nightmare on Elm street episode on spaghetti <laughs> and Freddy. And I sort of, t- cause I was afraid of everything when I was young, young and, uh, I basically saw horror movies when I shouldn't have just from a room or two away and it. My imagination filled in all the blanks of everything. And so anyway, so I stayed away for a long time and then I'm like, I have to get, I have to overcome this. So I, I delved deep into horror. That's basically all I did. So yeah, when I saw alien, I probably actually saw the thing around, I guarantee I saw the thing within the same, probably four months. Like it would have been, I was really just getting through everything I could that existed mm-hmm. up to that point. And uh, yeah, the thing I would definitely say is probably more messed up. There's weird body horror in that. With this movie, I feel like I should just do an actual, I know I did my quick synopsis, but the the basic, the idea is so simple. It's basically, mm-hmm. they are, I, I honestly don't like the term space truckers, <laughs> but it's thrown around enough with this movie that I could kind of see it because you basically, you have a ragtag crew of, you have, a captain, a science engineer. Um, you have two mechanics. You have I'm trying to think what Ripley's like actually. It's like it's like Lambert the pilot. Yeah, I was trying I to so. I was trying to work out their roles and on this watch, like trying to fit them into like Star Trek that no. that kind of like who does what. And I think exactly. yeah, like Kane is is Kane is second in command, right? And then yep. Lambert's the pilot, and then Ripley's well, she's De- third in command, but is she like ops she is- or something? Sure. Operations. I, I think maybe she is. Maybe she's like the. Because she works a lot with mothers. So maybe that is what she, her job title is. And Dallas is the captain, mm-hmm. which which we know. And she she also is trying to get Brett and Parker to like get their job done. Mm-hmm. So it could be a matter of she's in charge of the crew in general. So and yeah, we know she is third in command, as we said. I think I think that seems right. Regardless, it doesn't really matter what their exact positions are. The ones that matter really are that um, Ian Holmes character, Ash is the science, the science guy that that's the most valuable. They wake up out of a hyper sleep due to a distress signal. They go to, they go to this planet is the LV 426. I think so, which is why we have alien day on April 26th. (laughs) And uh, it's because of this planet and they find this odd ship and from there, an alien egg hatches and attaches itself to Kane's face. He comes back to the ship. Ridley is, depending on which cut you watch, we'll talk about that later. Um, Ridley basically is saying, don't, don't do this. Don't come back in the ship. They freak out. Bring him in anyway. Ash t- is totally all up, all up in that and wants this on, mm-hmm. the, on board. So then things kind of go crazy from there. Um, and we can talk about scenes and whatnot, but that's, that's a, probably a more informed setup even up to this point uh, and i'll cut off there because the movie is very 
is purposely, I just have to say it. There's two cuts. There's a theatrical cut and a director's cut. Anyone who follows Ridley Scott knows he basically has a director's cut of almost all of his movies. I believe, and I'm not exaggerating, I think there's eight cuts of Blade Runner. <laughs> so be, be glad there's only two cuts of this movie. I appreciate both for what they are. Director's cut gives you a few scenes that aren't in the other one that don't hold up canonically with the other films, which is maybe part of the reason they cut them. He even prefers theatrical, supposedly. As a fan, I still like the director's cut just because you get a little more that you normally don't have. Mm-hmm. But they also, for bulk, they cut scenes out. So it really makes sense to see both just so we can be on the same page here. Not that I'm going to get into exact lines of dialogue, but uh, which which cuts did you guys watch? Dirk, you watched the director's cut, right? No, I watched theatrical. Oh, you watched oh, theatrical. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched theatrical too. Uh, th- that's better. That's good. Because the then I, I, I can tell the you what's I watched, in it. The reason I watched the theatrical was um, because you said that was the one that Ridley Scott preferred. So I just yeah. thought, well, there you go then. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, the fella, he's the fellow what would know. So why don't I just watch that this time? I've not seen the director's cut though, um, so I might go back and watch it. But yeah, yeah. you you, you uh, regale us with the differences, then why don't you? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, spoiler alert: some characters die in this movie, but there's <laughs> in the director's cut the most notable scene that fans of the series will point out, but that's not canonical, is that she finds Dallas and Brett. I think. You really see Dallas, Brett's hard to tell. And they're kind of like an alien uh, mm. when she finds some of the colonists and they're sort of cocooned. Um, she finds them like that in this mm. movie and then basically says, kill me. And she uses a flamethrower and torches them. Wow. So you, it's, it's a dark scene. Mm-hmm. And you don't get anything like that in the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they just basically get vanished. They, yeah. you know? they, 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 they don't get killed, do they? They just disappear, like Brett yeah. and Dallas specifically. Like they yeah. can't, they like, can't find them. Like Parker even says, when they go to look for Dallas, there's no blood, there's no body, there's nothing. And I kind of prefer that. I think that's way creepier. Like, what oh, is yeah. he? What is he doing? What is the alien doing with these bodies? You know. If you saw the scene, it's plenty creepy. But yeah. outside, outside of that, <laughs> outside of that, it's still you know was mm-hmm. cut, cut for a reason. Can Can I tell you one thing that really shocked me on my first watch and kind of still shocks me sure. to this day? So of course there's some big things that you know automatically going into this movie i actually didn't know about the ian home thing which we'll talk about eventually but one thing that really shocked me um is how quickly actually dallas dies in this movie Mm -hmm. um and he's first build and oh yeah the fact that he's like the captain of the ship and also i think he has the coolest death scene where they're like Mm -hmm. warning him like it's coming you can see the dot really going and he has the like what the flamethrower yep and then as soon as he lights it, then you see the face and, and then that's it. That's all you get. But I was so stunned that he was just, I mean, I always knew that Ripley was going to survive. I always knew, but I had a feeling he was going to make it to the end. And actually one of my things that I have noted here, the final three, even now is so mm-hmm. shocking. It's a mm-hmm. black man and two women, like mm-hmm. for 1979, that's crazy that's so awesome like you know but I, I just like those are like some of my big notes like what did you guys like when you first saw this do you remember like when dallas the, the, well, I, it's the final four technically oh jones i know no. we haven't talked no. about the most will, important character we will get to jones <laughs> so Definitely. okay okay we're not getting there yet you said we, we will get there uh dirk what do you think i feel like i've talked a lot about dallas yeah when i think i loved uh is it tom scary it is 
mm-hmm. got it. You know, yeah, it, 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 what a performance! Very kind of like sub, like very kind of modest and subdued, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like I think a lot of the, I think one of the, one of the reasons it, I don't know, you just warm to it is the acting is so good from everyone. Oh it? yeah, like, oh they very, feel like real people. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. A bit like this, bit like this podcast where everybody's just kind of talking over each other every now and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But they do that, don't they? That's what real life mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And like they're at, sat around the dinner table and the, they are just talking over each other and. The scenes where Parker and Ripley are, are kind of going at each other, and they're not waiting for—they're not waiting for sentences to finish. They're just jumping, you know. I was—I was thinking, you know, you know, and all, all that sort of stuff. So, but I think his performance, Dallas's, is, is is great. He's like a real anchor, and like you, Marcy, when it, when it starts, I didn't realize he was going to be top billing, and I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting that he's top billing, and yet there there he goes, yeah. halfway through. What about Lambert with that? sonic sonar radar thing and she's going you've got to go you've got to go and then he goes and she goes not that way <laughs> well, she could have gone left she could have <clears throat> given a bit more information yeah I, I think you can go every direction basically you know <laughs> just like maybe don't go that way tom uh yeah. dallas i don't i i think that one of the things i liked about it this on this rewatch is i always have in my head that it's quite a maybe a slow movie but mm. you know what it's not really is it like I don't think it is a slow movie at all. I think it moves at a pace once the alien is unleashed as well. And then once Dallas, well, who's goes first? Uh, Kane goes first, doesn't he? And then, does. but and then, then Brett. like, and, and, mm-hmm. Brett, and then Dallas, and then people quickly, quickly keep going. Yeah. I don't know. What was your point to your question, Marcy? What were you asking me to do? No, no. I was just saying like, it stunned me just that the top build actor goes like third in the movie, technically, mm. Um, the fact that he is the captain of the ship, he kind of looks like a hybrid between Riker and Kurt Russell in the thing <laughs> a little bit. Like, <laughs> But I really think everyone in this movie is really so, so good. In, a, in other yeah. words, you thought he was a hunk. I think he's pretty handsome. Yeah, I would say I think he's probably the most like good looking dude on the ship for that, sure. That's <laughs> like, where Marcy was leading you, Dirk. She wanted yeah. you to talk about what a hunk he is. She wanted me to yeah. just compare the booties of everybody involved. That's and, right. And I guess we're going to yeah. get there with um, the scene in the shuttle at the end. Um, oh but but I won't do it and I won't fall for a tricks and a ruses. Well, can we talk about, I think, maybe the most iconic scene in this movie? I think that maybe we all knew before watching it. And it's the chest bursting yeah, scene. So because that, that's the thing I always knew about before ever watching sure, this. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a scene that unfortunately has been parodied in everything mm-hmm. to yeah. the point of where Megan had Megan knew Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> that, unfortunately, you can't see the scene without thinking Spaceballs. I mean, now. yeah, John Hurt plays himself in Spaceballs <laughs> and he literally goes, not again. <laughs> so, and, uh, but yeah, the scene happens and it sucked for her to have seen that scene because we're in it. And, I haven't really mentioned this. And as we're talking about this, though, the movie starts off with an amazing credits rolling or not even the credits rolling, like the title sort of comes on. It's a very sort of slow atmospheric build. Um, And uh, the way the title comes on, it's almost like hieroglyphics, the word, the way alien is spelled out. And like an alien language. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and the camera is roving these, uh, empty halls of the spaceship and the spaceship mm. we have to talk about is i guess the trucker thing i'll go back to uh but this ship is worn it's funny because star wars 
a new hope it just name called star wars back then you know also presented this sort of space that wasn't pristine and clean i'd say this is on another level uh as far as that goes i mean this is more like the falcon than the empire yeah this is a a gritty place but anyway it's going through these uh, the halls and you eventually get to everyone in this white room you know, which is more of a medical environment. So you do have contrasts, but it feels like a documentary in the way that it's shot and filmed. It's it's like you said, a lot of people are, their acting is fantastic and they're talking over each other. So you distinctly get to know each character without them necessarily even having a defining scene of, mm. I'm this guy who does this and I do this. And wow, I, I you know, very like, formulaic it's more of mm-hmm. like these are real people and i can distinctly differentiate each of them from another yeah like that yeah and, a good point yeah and and <laughs> so so when it pulls you into this alien situation happening which just to give you a setup um when the facehugger pops out of the egg it burns through his helmet wraps around his neck with its tail and then basically they say that uh it's allowing him to breathe through it it basically inserted something down his throat so he can still stay alive then eventually it just goes away (laughs) they come back in and it's basically he's okay again and so they go back to normalcy they're they're sitting around and eating and joking and it's once again shot and done in such a way that you're sort of just kind of witnessing what life is like aboard the ship the nostromo Mm -hmm. nostromo um there's a lot of things that i will always pronounce wrong like well, with the visual, the artist to H.R. Giger or H.R. Geiger, I've heard mm-hmm. it said both ways, the designer of the, the Xenomorph and some of the ships and Xenomorph is the alien in it. This is, it's kind you of got because, that word, right? There you go. Xenomorph. That, <laughs> that, that, that one I know. So and uh, and on set, they called him Big Chap. So he, <laughs> he's been labeled as that too, getting us into the scene of where they're just eating and those events have occurred uh marcy or dirk do you want to continue the narrative uh yeah i'll get into it but kind of like how you were saying like how you know who these characters are before like or like you don't have to have them give like a deep dive of who they are you just know who they are like when they first land on that alien planet i mean kane's the one that's like i'm ready to go let's go check it out and you're like well of course this guy's gonna screw with the eggs like he's like the one that's rearing and ready to go you know and it's really surprising because I think John Hurt is one of the bigger actors at the time, too. I think he was an Oscar winner even before this movie came out. Did you know that they actually had someone else that was cast in that role? And I'm talking they had to swap him like that day. Basically. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, Ridley Scott knew that I believe it was filmed in London maybe mm-hmm. dark, you know? Um, and they just knew that John Hurt was there and they're like, we need to swap wow. you out. I thought it had something to do with some medical issue. Oh, yeah. I think he found out he had diabetes or something like that. Like I that the, day. Yeah, I think the original actor got sick with di- this sugar diabetes or something yeah. like that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. So oh, jo- yeah. John Hurt was the last minute switch. Yeah, but oh man, but when yeah. they're, I, I still can't believe though that they, like you said, they just all go back to normal. Like you don't want to quarantine him. You don't want to like, like Parker says well, freeze someone him. Did. Yes. Well, you know, someone did. like it's multiple it's, people, but <laughs> they're just like, they're all like palling around like, oh, no big deal. And then the next thing you know, he's like yelling in pain, like really like he looks like he's in a lot of pain. And there is a rumor that this was only filmed once. It actually was shot twice because the first time the alien didn't come out of the chest. Uh, But sure enough, the alien that he's been like 
what inserted with i don't it, know impregnated with <laughs> so can we talk about what the face yeah, explain explain the process to me because it is a I little will. bit confusing yeah i've spent too much time in my life <laughs> researching the breeding patterns of the oh xenomorphs in these movies <laughs> so okay so what happens is the facehugger latches on the underside of the facehugger. I'm sorry, but it looks like a fanny. See, Dirk doesn't even bat an eye. I'm using the correct terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking, so Giger was known for his art being full of phallic images and imagery and whatnot. And they follow through with that for this movie. So the underside, it basically, you don't see it in this movie, but you see it sort of in an x-ray, but it extends uh, something down his throat inserts an egg they well that sort of a child i guess into um it's like a uh caterpillar going into its cocoon except the cocoon is a human chest and so that is inserted into his chest once it grows to a certain point the facehugger lets go and just sort of dies the facehugger is just a part of the metamorphosis. It just carries, I guess, the egg, however you want to phrase it. Um, so it can, it can be uh, safe until the next part of growth. Um, also, just worth mentioning, they go to cut the tail off and acidic blood comes out of the facehugger, mm-hmm. which strips through multiple layers of the ship. They basically are realizing that this thing is has a lot of built-in self-defense mechanisms. Anyway, from there, the facehugger... The xenomorph mixes with the g- genetics of whatever it's implanted into. Therefore, depending on what it is, a dog, uh, a human, a trying to think of some other actual examples, a cow, depending on which cut of the third movie you're watching, <laughs> the, it, the alien itself will look different and have different attributes because it picks up the genetic material from its host. This one basically has John Hurt's kind of DNA okay. mixed in with it. Uh, see, so I didn't know really that because actor as well. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I'm thinking about Prometheus and I always yes. wondered why they looked a little bit different, but it's a different species that, mm-hmm. okay, so that makes sense. Okay, can you explain, I'm so sorry, can you explain you, how, no. how they grow yeah. so quickly sure. to me? Okay. Yeah, it, it's so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of funny we're having this conversation now because there was literally a caterpillar in Megan's garden that, just went through the cycle so it's it's and it was a i wish i could remember that, a black tailed swallow or something like that i think that's a bird i don't think that's a butterfly just someone right in uh right into my <laughs> podcast i think the entire life cycle was less than a month for this thing to go from caterpillar to grow into a butterfly to die so i think it's the same thing with the alien basically it's a matter of it knows that it just has to it needs to get born and get going quick. And that's simply it. I mean, look at a Wookiee, as you often do. You know, they're like 800 years old. So it's just the, the cycle, the span is different. You know, mm-hmm. another real okay. world, real world example, the, 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 the Wookiee. Because so. I think the first time I saw this and when it came out of his chest, I was like, okay. Chest pressure. I was yep. like, where is the big one then? I said, yep. is this, this baby? Like, I didn't realize that that little baby turned into the big things so quickly like that was so terrifying 
Dirk, as, as, a, as a parent, what do you have to tell us? I'm just going to tell you that small things grow into big things. Admittedly, this wow. happened quite... Not that quick. That's not this normal. Ha- All right, this happened quite quickly. But where did you think the alien was coming from? If not from that small, that small, tiny one. I, I just was so confused. Like I, I had just yeah, maybe I assumed see. like maybe there was a mother one that was like hiding in the ship looking for the baby. But and then like when it dawns on you, like that's part of like I can only imagine like you being in the theater in 1979 and being like, well, that's the alien. Oh, they can catch that. No problem. And then when you see how big it gets, it's well, like, holy crap. That's what they thought, isn't it? That's yeah. what they thought. <laughs> totally. They were look, they were looking for a tiny little mouse size thing, weren't they? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I think the the design of the alien and the just how they created the biology and the, how they reproduce is is probably one of the greatest uh, things ever invented in the history of movies. And and that's why I agree. That's, that's yep. why you can have so many of these films <laughs> because it different the different stages are creepy for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants a flipping alien fanny on their face do they nobody wants that nobody wants uh, alien acid blood dripping on them and certainly nobody wants an alien baby growing in their chest and then do you think that's the worst of it that ain't even half of it all right you're dead but your mates are gonna have to face the perhaps the worst most terrifying horrific beast in you've ever seen so i just think it's genius this this the way that they set that up like they have the two different stages and obviously we see other things in in different films, but for the sake of this reality, I mean, what a what a klutz Kane is just falling down into the, all those eggs and like, mate, what what are you doing, slipping down in, and like in... shoving his face into yeah. the egg. Oh, it's, oh this, oh, this, this strange this strange egg is opening up. I'll just have a good look over that. It's like, <laughs> did he never play pop up pirate when he was a kid? That's gonna hit. That is gonna <laughs> that is gonna hit you in the face, mate. Also, but... can I just say it's really funny when when it burst out of his chest but the way it runs away always makes oh yeah yeah oh god yeah and i think that's why that space ball skit must have come from they must have been there going that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh so marcy you said you know that's a rumor that they did it in one take Mm -hmm. the bit that is true from that scene is that at least lambert she didn't know it was going to happen. Apparently, they said no one knew except for John Hurt what was going to exactly happen. Oh, in that that's scene. so cool! So yeah. that so when they bursted through and blood shot up on her specifically, mm-hmm. um, people were there, that was their authentic reaction. Oh, that's so, really cool! Yeah, I like love her, that. Her, her screaming and freaking out. Yeah. So yeah, they did have to do it again because there wasn't it didn't work perfectly. But they didn't know what was going to happen, and mm-hmm. she she's yeah and. I had heard stories of it and then I listened to commentary for the first time with her in it. And yeah, she was still the kind of still not that happy about them doing it to her. So she seems to have been the most traumatized the whole movie. She was really like the voice of reason too. I really like Lambert because I'm, I feel like I'm Lambert. Like when they're like, Oh, Hey, look at this spaceship. She's like, we, we shouldn't go in there. And then like when they're going down and she's like, we just shouldn't do that. You know, she seems to be her and Ripley are like the only voice of reason. It kind of feels like. In this well, I think movie. Ripley is. Yeah. Well, definitely Lambert is really does not want to go in that spaceship at all. She's yeah, but, like, we should, we should go back. And yeah, but Lambert will give up all of that. If she can get back on the ship in the end, yeah. you know, yeah. she, 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 you know, I think that lady was employed purely to, to act like Lambert does. She's, she's very good at that. Um, like an invasion of the body snatchers. Oh yeah. She just plays absolutely off her face with fear after time. She's very good at that. What, I don't know what her name yeah, is. Yeah. Like I feel so bad for her at the end when it's right in front of yeah. her and Parker's like, go, go. But mm. she is so 
scared. She can't even move, but like, uh, that's very relatable though. That's a real reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and by that time it keeps getting bigger too. So by that time it's really huge and, Oh, just, I can't imagine like, and they're making so much noise down there. What, what are they getting the coolant? Is that what they're getting? I can't remember. At that point, I think so. And her and Parker are just making so much noise. No wonder like it shows up, you know, like, and she's just uh and then what it gets parker before her doesn't it and she's just yes. kind of like a deer in the headlights like watching it all happen just done veronica yeah. cartwright is her name no she's she's good at being terrified she's well being terrified. can we talk about the star of the movie i'm not talking about Simone yes. weaver i'm yes. talking about jones the cat we certainly can because okay. i, I want to talk about uh brett's scene as well and okay. and jones is the catalyst for that scene so i don't have a slide whistle sorry cablasto i i I do but it's just Mm -hmm. a a room away keep it in your pants mate (laughs) that scene with brett oh my goodness if you i love it is there ever been an animal nominated for an academy award because well nor it should have happened from that scene honestly jones was not that great on set in the point of they had to bring a dog in to scare the actual Brett because they couldn't get Jones to lunge at him. And f- so, so in other words, Jones was too nice. Yeah. And case you didn't like Jonesy, the, the, the cat's well, name is Jones, but they say Jonesy a lot, just to be mm-hmm. clear. In, ca- in case we go back and forth, I don't want people getting confused. And write, write in angry letters. Yeah. None of the, did none of the producers of this movie ever encounter a cat before of course it's not going to do what you want mate oh yeah it's a it's a a flipping cat yeah it is just its sole purpose is to do the opposite of what you want it to do and when you when you're not looking just kind of give you the finger i don't have an answer to this um this is a legit question did the cat go into high uh, into like cryo sleep it had to have yeah because she puts it into cryo sleep when before she realizes Mm -hmm. in the second spaceship Mm-hmm. that the xenomorph is on there with mm-hmm. her um she does that but i was really i was nervous this time too because when they all woke up i was like well who was with jones like the whole time and then i'm like oh could you imagine him in his own little kitty like i sleep yes <laughs> that's that's what the answer i wanted i wanted a cat-sized one like with a little cat suit and little boots on it yeah, would have so, been so he cute. must be he, <laughs> he must be like a mental health pet then mustn't he he, I think so, I honestly think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. so too. He's there to provide a little bit of love, a little bit of tenderness, comfort. Yeah, yeah. Sitting on your lap. Yeah, totally. I really think literally that's the only purpose. And I mm-hmm. love it. I think mm-hmm. it's and just such a great detail. I'm I'm so thankful. Like, I don't think I could ever watch this movie again if if the cat did not survive. And oh, I'm yeah. so thankful that like at, at like she's so distracted, Ripley's so distracted, and I can't blame her that she does hear a faint <laughs> meow towards the end and she's like, Oh, Jones, like and Thank God she puts him in the carrier because I could imagine her chasing him around like for the rest but of I laugh, the I laugh when she's got him in that carrier and then she's, oh, running, yeah. she's running back and, she's oh, she back and then she just, just throws yes. it. Just get, the, get down there, you stupid cat. Uh, also, I love the space carrier. Someone designed a cat mm-hmm. carrier in this world. Yeah. And, and it's a legit, like, it's not, it is fully designed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, get, sorry, Getting back to that, yeah. the the cat's reaction to the alien appearing behind Brett oh, is let's, yeah, let's a t- thing of beauty. Oh, thing of beauty. that might be one of there. This film is beautiful, mm-hmm. but that's one of my favorite shots. Definitely. I, I absolutely love seeing Jones's face. So Brett walks in. They're looking for the alien uh, in a chestburster form. So it'd be small. 
Mm-hmm. And so they have nets and things of that nature. Of course, you have a cat jump scare, basically. I don't know. It's not shot in a way, though, that the audience is experiencing a jump scare as much as the characters are. Mm-hmm. So, but then it's the cat. And so Brett goes off to uh, find the cat in this room that is the most Ridley Scott room ever. Uh, where there's just, it's in the spaceship, but it seems to be this. The raining, like yeah, like raining outside. It it's looks like, like Blade yeah. Runner. It looks it's, like the yes. end of Blade Runner. Yeah. Yes, it's it's exactly. And so they they said it's because oh you know something got screwed up with the atmosphere in the ship and you know blah blah whatever. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a great set piece. It, I'm there's caring. there's so many things in this movie that I love that are a who care or I don't understand it, but who cares? Like when they find mm-hmm. the egg and there's that layer of like smoke, the mist. The mist. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. What, they, I, what it's about? What is that about? I like some kind of no. I wondered it, if it was some kind of like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Detection. Yes. And then it gets broken, and now the, and the eggs are like, oh, better start to wake up now. I think I think there it is, but I don't mm. know if it's. I, or if it's the people who are in this ship who put something in place to more or less mm-hmm. maybe keep them subdued or something. Yeah. You know, with, I, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could go about it, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like how you would smoke a bee, you know, to keep them calmer. It could be something mm-hmm. like that, but it's not explained. And that's what I love. And so much of this isn't. And that ship in general is just that ship creeps me the hell out. And I mm. lo- love that it creeps me out. Mm-hmm. The, the alien is creepy. The environments are that much more creepy. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel so. But anyway, back to Brett. Yeah, this water dripping down. And he basically is just like, yeah, I'm chasing this cat, but screw it. I'm just going to live a little. And he just has this water dripping down on his face. And in the director's cut, actually, there is a scene where you see. Um, and if this is in the theatrical, let me know. But I don't think it is. You see the alien hanging in with the chains. There's one shot and it is upside down. So you're basically staring at its giant domed head and its arms are kind of um, crossed over its chest. And it just looks sort of like this black shape because at this point we haven't seen the alien in its final form at all. Mm. Uh, And it's just sort of hanging with these chains and lit from behind. So you see it as an audience, but you can't identify what it is. So it's not like there isn't a big buildup to it. It's almost like, what the hell am I looking at? And then it leads into this thing dropping down behind Brett and taking him out. Does it use its teeth on Brett? Its inner mouth? Is that when it reveals the inner mouth for the first yeah, time? I th- well, I think so, but I can't. I can't be sure. That's okay. I, think, I don't I think. think I, I don't think I noticed the alien upside down with all the chains or anything. But I, I, I was. 90- but it's e- easy to miss. I suspect as well. That's that. I'm pretty positive that's a director's cut scene. Right. Yeah, I think that's another one of the ones that they had in. So on this rewatch, I got a little nervous when he was drinking the water because I was sure. like, God, I hope that's not the alien saliva. <laughs> that that goes through my mind every time I watch it, even though I know it's not. Yeah. But also, also Marcy likes hot people making out. So, you know, alien, yeah. sali- mm-hmm. alien saliva. Harry and, Dean Stanton and, and, and a xenomorph. Nothing's uh-huh. hotter than yeah. that. Well, you with, the, it, with the inner mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I'm twice, just thinking about it. Yes, twice the lips, no, twice the kissing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, they don't find any blood with Brett, do they? No. So I don't and, know. And they don't with Dallas either, yeah. No. So well, maybe, they, maybe. They, yeah, they don't mention finding blood. I think that might be where they find the outer shell, mm. um, like a snake skin. I think Brett finds it. Brett finds it. Oh, yeah, it. you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. He finds it in that area. 
which is kind of going along with that whole analogy to an animal that we know Mm -hmm. in terms of growing and going through farms. But, Mm -hmm. But anyway, just to focus on Jonesy, Jonesy, they show a shot, a beautiful like 16-9 aspect ratio shot of the cat's face, this tabby cat, and the light just sort of dancing off of Jones's eyes as Jonesy looks completely like unmoved by seeing this human get killed. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it honestly, it makes Jonesy seem like evil as if Jonesy mm-hmm. was in cahoots with the alien. You, you know what it really reminded me of um, when any, Maldu- any cat. when Muldoon, <laughs> no, when Muldoon gets it in Jurassic Park and the one's oh, yeah. just been watching the whole totally. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's a really good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just love the way it's lit. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it's like that's the best cat shot I've seen on screen ever. <laughs> and, and, and Jonesy is honestly never. You see, see the cat in other scenes, but never in a way that's really mm. shot that great. That oh, it's so beautiful. I love Ridley Scott's direction mm-hmm. as a director just, in general in this era. And just the way they got uh, Jonesy just to kind of eye glance around as well. Oh, it? yeah. Wasn't it even just like, it's like, it looked like it was properly following the flow of some uh, alien abduction. I, I think I had, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe. That may be my favorite scene. Maybe. Yeah. Certainly, certainly yeah. top two. To, and all because of a cat. Yeah. All because of yeah. a cat. It's up there. It's up mm-hmm. there. That's the thing about this movie. Watch it again today, which uh, it's like, you know, many. It's very, very late there. I appreciate it. My kid will be up in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, hypothetically watch the film again and you'll find a new scene that you didn't realize was even Mm -hmm. in the movie before yeah well that leads like perfectly into what i was talking about earlier so i think now we should talk about ash so oh yeah this this was not spoiled for me the first time i saw this so ash is actually an ai and ash has been sabotaging the whole crew because there is a separate mission where earth wants the alien back i think ripley says maybe to weaponize it or something of course they of course they want the hostile alien because they think they can control it you know what was so much fun so i didn't remember everything but there are definitely key things that i remembered and ash being an ai was one of them and i was really intently watching him this second time because the way he's acting like when Ripley's like hey it's a distress signal we should tell them and when he finally talks her out of it he does a big sigh of relief that he talked her out of it. Um, like just his mannerisms, like, oh, we got to keep the face hugger on him, you know, just for research purposes. And you get why he's been acting the way that he has. And that's that's part of the fun of the rewatches, like picking up on, on things like that. But what do you guys think about Ash? Was that a big shock for you the first time? So Dirk is, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Dirk go in a second here. Or, well, Oh, you want to go. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was, yeah. It, was, it wasn't a shock just because. Okay, you, because a bishop in the because second. Because a bishop one. in the second. Oh, one. Sure. And you know that mm-hmm. that's that See, there is something there coming. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you in that it's all about the nuance of what Ian, Ian Holm is doing, the when you, when, mm-hmm. you know, in between the moments mm-hmm. and his reaction even to Kane convulsing at the, the dinner table or having his, his cereal and how he's just quite calm for like the first sort of 10, 20 seconds before he decides he's going to get up and, and have a little look because he's kind of expecting it, I suppose, in a way. Or at least that's the way it seems to me, like he's expecting mm-hmm. that to happen. And of course, he's the one that lets them back on the ship, um, even though Ripley's saying, you know, explaining about the quarantine and how they shouldn't come back on because of what's happened to Kane and that they need to 
be outside for 24 hours or whatever, but he's the one that lets them back on. So he's like um, turning the wheels, you know, to try and get this uh, alien where his, what's the name of the company? It's like Wayland. Wayland Yutani. It depends. Yeah, Wayland Yutani. Mm -hmm. Depending on what point in the timeline, it's either Wayland Mm -hmm. or Wayland Yutani because they merged companies. Weird (laughs) details like that that just end up in the storyline. So part of me wondered like whether he wasn't in cryosleep because I mean sure. it gives you it gives you lots of reasons to not suspect he's AI because he's there mm-hmm. in cryosleep. He has his glass of milk, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I think that big I think that glass of milk is a big red herring. He doesn't need that glass of milk, does he? Or or is it some kind of robot fluid? I know oh I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I also love the de- I love the design of um his innards oh yeah <laughs> when we when we finally get to see what's inside him but I, I, mm-hmm. so no i wasn't surprised but i do love the performance and i think it's absolutely delivered perfectly mm-hmm. and yeah. um sets everything up i think if you were watching it for the first time you would be surprised you would yeah. absolutely not i think you would probably mm-hmm. guess that something nefarious was maybe going on somewhere but maybe not to the true extent of it anyway mm-hmm. that's what i reckon i just want to say really quick speaking of performances and going back to prometheus i'm i'm okay on prometheus i think some of it really works i think some of it doesn't work but I think Michael Fassbender as David is like one of the best AIs we've ever had in a movie. But you know he's an AI from the beginning. Mm. But I think his performance is like incredible. But I think he's up there. I think Bishop's really good in Aliens too. So there's a lot of good uh, AI performances I mean, in these movies. Everybody in my class at school was trying to do the knifing with their fingers after Aliens. You know, that, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that yeah. went on for a few years. So that that performance is iconic as well. <laughs> All the AIs in these films are really good. I, I got to come in and nerd out here for a sec <laughs> go ahead so they they're technically i guess like androids i guess but they've called them like in world like synthetics hmm. and, and then strangely for the first time ever in the commentary the other day i heard uh ridley scott refer to um ash as a replicant straight oh. up straight straight up said replicants which which from yeah, it's from blade runner uh, for those who don't know, but <laughs> meaning he basically is human in the sense and for a lot of a lot of the sense, meaning he would go into cryo sleep, he could eat, drink, he could do all these things. But clearly, we also knew that Ash knew what he was, mm-hmm. just just as David knows what he is and Prometheus and Bishop knows what he is. So that's a major change. The other thing, too, that I have noticed with these movies that other people haven't really talked about. And I believe they broke this with maybe alien covenant, but we've got, I have to look up real quick. Uh, alien three does alien three even have a synthetic or is it alien four? I know the real Bishop comes at the end of the movie. Yeah, he does. The, the OG Bishop comes, (laughs) isn't he? At the end of alien three. What, um, well, anyway, I, I, without, I'll give you, you'll have a missing one here, but I know it fits. You've got Ash Bishop. I believe it's, uh, it's a name with a C and then David. <laughs> I, for whatever reason, they go alphabetical with, so oh. it's, it's pretty easy to spot who is the Android in these oh, movies. Really? Yeah. For, I, and it's not something I've ever heard anyone talk about, but it just holds up. <laughs> that's so, really cool i love yeah, that <laughs> I, I don't know why i don't know why they made that choice but yeah that's just something i noticed that's a Coblasto original well good, can can we also good. say oh too, so we, yeah, yeah we yeah, should talk yeah. talk about him his entire freaking scene 
and it's yeah. it's so yeah oh yeah yeah let me just tell you real quick i i thought the ash stuff was awesome i didn't know about it because in you might know about the chest burster. The Ash subplot was thrown in there because basically the studio said they needed a subplot, which thank God they did. Mm. Because honestly, the whole idea with Ash and this company and the biological weapons of bringing the Xenomorph back is the thing that persists throughout the series. Yeah. And I think it works fantastically. I think mm-hmm. it's a great connective tissue for all these movies and just the plot of what makes Alien Alien, This the series. Ash, yeah, I was surprised, especially because Ian Holm, so Granny Weaver's a tall woman. Ian mm-hmm. Holm is tiny compared to mm-hmm. her. And when he starts to attack her, it's and basically has two guys on him that he's just not affected by. It's intimidating. I mean, it's scary to be able to see him be so powerful. And yeah, I was surprised by it. And then when and they he, go ahead, Dirk. You know, he kind of comes, he's kind of like a total 180 from the guy that gives up his seat for Parker as well, isn't it? Like you could see oh, yeah. he when in the first sort of half of the movie, he is probably on the not the lowest of the pecking order, but certainly the part the member of the crew who is a bit more isolated and, and isn't in the gang, if you like. And sure. he's if, new too, yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's new too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so but like then when when somebody with a lot of confidence and a lot of charisma like Parker tells him he's in his seat, he gets up and moves out of his seat. But then, yeah, switch to 40 minutes later and he's um, powerbombing Ripley through tables. And, and, tr- and trying to jam a nudie magazine. Oh, my God. That, oh my God. that, that was so, so awful. Yeah. So crazy, that bit. Yeah. Like, what? I just have to say that, like, I feel so bad for Ripley as these movies go on, too. Like, it, oh, just yeah, it, it does not get better yeah. no. for her as these well, movies like, go on. Like, also, it's so awful. But also, as well, like, you kind of, I mean, you know, well, you don't didn't know it now when you're watching it originally, but now we know. I mean, there's a daughter somewhere at home for her and, and all this other stuff. And so she's oh, missing, God. Yeah, yeah she's, she misses out on all, all you know, you, she misses out on all of that. And I'm just thinking, oh, what a waste of her life. By the time the next film rolls around, her daughter's dead, probably, because it's, mm-hmm. it's way in the future, isn't it? I don't know, mm-hmm. 50 years, 60 years or something like that. That's the tragedy. She's, des- you know, loses all of her humanity, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's that's a whole discussion we could get into but mm-hmm. uh with the series as a whole and all the secondary material mm-hmm. and whatnot but mm-hmm. yeah it isn't good no. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way i will say that sigourney weaver is just an absolute boss in these oh movies God. she oh actually God. got an yeah. oscar nomination for aliens for best lead actress and she's incredible in all of them that she's in and I just love her so, so, so much. And I think this is like, I mean, this is it. This is like her breakout role. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they decided like that's who's going to be the survivor. That's going to oh, be yeah. the final person, the final girl in space. I sure. love it. I think your, your terminology I mean, that kind of, is that, that kicks on. off the 80s because the 80s is really when the final girl yeah. happens. This is 79. Yep. Oh, I, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, I don't know what her first role was. This was the earliest, maybe one of the earlier ones that I've seen her in. I think so, yeah. So, but regardless, yeah, she's she is awesome. And the thing is, she is like I love her in this, but it's not like, ooh, I'm so sexually attracted to her. No. It's it's like, no, she is someone you respect and who's intelligent mm-hmm. and she kicks ass and she's just like, you know, I, you, I and you're rooting for her. That's oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, 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 very much so. 
Which um, makes the uh, underpants an odd choice at the end, doesn't it? Because I, I kind of feel that it, way too. Yeah, it's, ne- <laughs> it's never like, it was never about that side of, of no. the character. I think I made some very cursory notes when I was watching it. And I think one of the notes I put down is, so, is are those knickers a joke? <laughs> I know. It's like, what, what? As if she's been running away from aliens with those those pair of undercrackers on. I was a bit just, I think that I was a bit like, what is that? Is that for the boys or what? Which is a shame I, because she's, cause she's she is a boss, Marcy, totally mm-hmm. a boss. And she's in control even when she's panicking and she she's a hero. She goes mm-hmm. back to rescue the cat. In the cat, she goes back to rescue the flipping cat. I love it when she, I love it when she sets the self destruct and then she tries to switch it off and <laughs> and she doesn't quite manage it and she's like, "You bitch!" So good. <laughs> she says "bitch" so well. I, I there's oh, sorry, Marcy. It's a small detail, but mm-hmm. when she gets into the escape pod to leave, this is my interpretation. But I always liked the the xenomorph is there sort of amongst the pipes in the wall mm-hmm. and, and while you could say oh you know it's tracking her and whatever i mean i always took it as two ways one it knows this is survival it knows mm-hmm. what the hell's going on and it is trying to just blend in and live mm-hmm. you know uh, they end up she ends up seeing it and confronting it and obviously if she went into hypersleep it would have got her while she was vulnerable but um it's also just it's it's kind of like having a spider in the corner of the room. You you guys you can b- both see that you're there. You can make a choice to attack or you can just kind of like leave it be, but it's basically trying to live its own life. Mm-hmm. This this alien is sort of like, okay, I'm going to go along for the ride and then when mm-hmm. things are opportune for me and going to attack, it's a survivor. I yeah. mean, that's that's what you know, you're talking about it growing. That's why mm-hmm. it's such a killer biological weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's freaking saliva is acid you know mm-hmm. or it's blood is acid it's blood is acid but yeah small details like that and the way it's mm-hmm. shot it's just they don't give you all the answers which is what i like about this and and honestly you mentioned the computer and saying you bitch i was trying to remember if mother was an acronym but it isn't it's a weird like the computer i had to look it up here it's called like the mu-th-u-r-6 6000 <laughs> so it's like you know they just call it mother but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's once again a thing where it's they don't explain this. It's just we're going to call it mother. But then there's some probably deeper psychological meaning to even making that choice of naming it that, mm-hmm. you know. So and I think, yeah, 2001 came up before this. So maybe with Hale, there's some sort of like computer connection there. I mean, I couldn't draw parallels between the two easily, but. I just love all of the, the attention to detail of the naming conventions and all these deliberate choices that they don't spell out for you that just kind of add to the like unease because mm-hmm. there is there's so many senses. Uh, there's themes of power uh, in this and people being basically this entire crew is just throwaway for mm-hmm. this this group that controls Ash, controls the ship, wants the biological weapon and then having mother basically also be the one that kind of tells them what they're supposed to be doing it just sort of adds to that in my opinion so marcy hopefully you remembered what you're gonna say <laughs> well, Sorry about that. i'm gonna just divert it a little bit though oh, i liked your fine. i liked your spider um comparison because <laughs> that scene actually reminds me so much like so the other day i actually was like in my kitchen and i moved something in a centipede like crawled out and i screamed and i had that same reaction because that's what it is that is yeah. like when you see the bug in the room and you're like oh my god 
are you kidding me? Like, and, and I do, I don't mind the thing with the underwear actually, because she is so like, she just wants to get comfy before she goes to, into cryo sleep, whatever. Okay. But that's your reaction. You're not going to be like, well, let me put pants on really quick. And then I'll take care of this like thing. So to me, was, I'm like, I'm fine the with the decision. It. It, was yeah, more, yeah, it was more yeah. about how ill-fitting they were. <laughs> yeah. Just like, they just didn't look like, no, she would never have picked to put on those pair of pants in her life. No. But, it could be a military issue or not military maybe. issue, but, you know, company maybe. issue. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. We'll make an excuse. At, at that point, though, I, would, I wouldn't care what the company wanted no. from me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... I, cho- I choose my own underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, should we talk about the ending? Um, I don't yeah. know. I feel like we're kind of like wrap. Is there anything like you want to add, Colossa, though? Like, I, I like really thank you so much. There's so much I learned today mm. um, about these movies and this franchise and just the creature overall. So thank you for sharing all that. I'm holding up a cue card with the notes for (laughs) Marcy to say that, but um, let's see. I am, uh, I'm looking to see if there's anything that I wrote. I I took very few notes. Oh, at the end, this end sequence we're talking about, this is a factoid I didn't realize, but you basically go like seven minutes without dialogue when it's (laughs) just Ripley trying to escape and do everything she has to do. That's pretty crazy. Let's see. But, 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 but. You, one other thing you mentioned when you were talking about Dallas earlier, this is just another cutaway scene, but just more examples of how this isn't a scene I ever remember, but when they show everyone just chilling, they cut to Dallas and he's just listening to classical music mm. at one point. And also nothing is just shot dead on. It's like you're sort of the cameras down between like the machinery of the ship and you're sort of just opposite and seeing him and bits of him in a way it's like i said it feels very documentary um in my opinion uh and i love the sounds of the ship i love the i love yeah the soundtrack but i love the sound effects it feels very blade runner in a lot of ways where it's sort of this uh droning sound in the background of just the ship itself but it's also it's it's kind of relaxing but which contrasts with the horror it sounded to me like a heartbeat like a this oh. ship sounds like a, a, a definite sort of animal of itself, which clearly you know that it is, isn't it? The, the, the ship is an entity as much as anything as uh, well. Mm-hmm. The ship is integral to the story as much as the alien is integral to the mm-hmm. story. I should oh, yeah. say, 100%. but even like some of the like interior, like sometimes it looks like a rib cage, sometimes they look like mm. innards, I guess, like sure. throughout the ship and everything, yeah. Well, uh, that was kind of one of the things I was going to say. I think we mentioned Blade Runner a couple mm-hmm. of times, but for me, this movie, Alien here, is probably one of the best design movies of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. you could go on about Blade Runner, but flip the small subtle choices here, totally Marcy, the, the ship itself, it looks organic in places. And mm-hmm. then when you go onto the other ship, the one with the space jockey on, then mm-hmm. that's even more with the ribs and the the kind of the, the structures and looks even more like a like a living beast. But just the the uniforms. Oh God. The, I wanted to the, talk God, about that. My goodness. Yeah. Just like Brett's decision to wear a Hawaiian shirt, the mm-hmm. um the caps, the caps, which you know, God, you can't you can't fall over it without seeing somebody wearing one of those Nostromo caps these days because it's yeah. so good. They're so good. Just and just, I mean, with Geiger's creation, mm-hmm. it will live on forever as this horrific, horrific thing that um, will impregnate you while you sleep and then rip your guts out with its third mouth. The whole design of this is it's um, absolute perfection, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're, and we're lucky that it gets mixed up with some really great performances too. 
the the only thing that we sort of touched on but didn't actually say was in the scene in which ash gets basically ash gets bashed um <laughs> and he's blown blown open mm. uh you, you mentioned his innards but he's full of this milky liquid which is i think just watered down milk or no it's not watered down milk it's milk with like white food coloring because yeah. otherwise it'd smell like shit on set oh yeah can you swear on this podcast yeah that's fine <laughs> smell like smell like crap you can send Dirk some money though for the swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all it's not it's it doesn't look no. synthetic. Well, it, let me rephrase it. It doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't. L- it, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly. It doesn't look like wires, does it? it no, it's, it's like it's tubes. Tubes. And some I think they had some fish eggs and Ooh. then some sort of marbles or glass balls and stuff mm-hmm. in there. But but it, it's disturbing beyond mm. and then mm-hmm. he's covered in his own fluids. Um, you know, like it'd be an oil or something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. the fact that they just chose for it to be white, just so brilliant. They could have mm-hmm. gone with ooh green, which you know wouldn't work with this because they use that palette for other things. But with white, white is just so disturbing. Yeah, um, it is. It, it, yeah. it's just fantastic. And also, speaking of white, you should check out some of the other designs for the alien. The alien in a prototype version was a little more white. Mm-hmm. It looked like it looked basically like I don't know if you've ever seen those transparent spiders, where it's sort of a brownish uh, white transparency, and you can kind of sorry, Marcy, like yeah, <laughs> it, it's basically like you can see their outer shell um, and some of their insides. The alien had a design like that at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, even I've, you know, I've done a lot of looking into all of the stuff related to the designs and I still can't tell. Yes, there are multiple versions of the alien, but big, ch- big chap is it's called not, not in world, but in our world, uh, the headpiece there's, so the design of the alien, there's no eyes because they felt like it was creepier if you can't tell where it's looking. Within the headpiece itself, there is transparency, and they have a designed skull underneath, which you can see in some images of it. And there are basically like skull eye holes within the the dome that goes over the top. So if you were to remove the dome, which, yes, I have figured, action figures of this. I'm talking like, you know, more <laughs> detailed one, not the old Kenner ones. You can see the skull pieces in the top of the skull that goes back into the elongated part of the head. And that is sort of covered by it just being shaded darker. It's so terrifying. And it's one of those details that's there and you never get to actually see it. And I can't tell what's more terrifying to see that bit or to not see that bit because the design itself is scary but even just knowing that that is lurking beneath and that design has been thought out that thoroughly it's just layers of fear basically Mm -hmm. where it's like just when you feel like things are starting to make sense or we can start to wrap our head around what it is that gets under our skin about this movie there's extra layers to it and just things that are so unsettling that I find myself always coming back to it. And this is going to sound messed up, but I, this movie is a warm blanket to me. You know, (laughs) despite everything we just said, it is such a comfort movie. It really is period. The end. I'm not going to explain it further. No, no, no. I I can get that because the thing is like that for me. And the thing is really disturbing. And I just think like when it's, 
when you can see how much love and effort and thought has been put into something, I think that's where the comfort comes where it's like movies aren't like this anymore. You know, there's the machine, there's CGI, there's the dome for Disney. And I wish like, I know it might be more expensive, but let's get back to practical effects. The payoff is like, I mean, look at Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but that's really them flying in those jets. That's not CGI. And and I think that's why that movie is so impressive. Like, let's go back to like as real as we can get, you know? So maybe, I, I don't know. I haven't seen that yet, but I've seen okay. the Mission Impo- newer Mission Impossible films with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. And yeah, a lot of that, I feel like it's worth watching because I know they're doing things. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also huge, huge. I mean, I grew up liking Henson things and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always, always happy when they go practical with anything. Yeah, and well, we're big Henson fans here. Yeah, we love, obviously we love puppets, gremlins. Okay, go- oh, yeah, puppets. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm walking into a sick trick when people say that. No, because, no, yeah, no. Okay, good. No, so, no, yeah. no, no. Okay, even, yeah. even all the way to Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> squeeze, squeeze, squat, squat, belly, what, what? Um, but do we have any final thoughts on Alien? Any, anybody, anything? Ferris? I would, I, I would say Ferris? that Alien? Alien is an individual individual movie stands fantastically on its own. You can watch this and never see a sequel. Um, also, we didn't tell you what happens between Ripley and the Alien at the end. I guess you'll have to watch the movie and find out. Yeah, there we go. We didn't spoil everything. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> and uh, if you're a fan of Aliens, in Dirk's case, go back and watch Alien because they are two different types of movies. Definitely. Two I, can, I, can, I compare it to Terminator 1 and 2. Same thing. Well, yeah, look who got involved, though. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, yeah, the, he's, part, he's part of one. I guess he's, he's part of one, though. But yeah. yeah. For so Terminator, yeah. Yeah. Terminator 1, horror, sci-fi. Terminator 2, action, sci-fi. Same with Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just the the inevitability of it. what happens in a sequel, mm-hmm. isn't it? That, the, yeah. that it becomes something a little bit more bombastic than, than sure. the first one. But th- but I think that Aliens is still a gr- Aliens is still a very good, enjoyable, fantastic film. It's true. you know, yeah, but very mm-hmm. different, like you said, incredibly yes. di- well, not incredibly different because they've both got Aliens in and Ripley, but in tonally they are different. Aliens brings a lot of fantastic things to mm-hmm. the franchise, so, so I love them both. Um, they're just it's they're two different moods completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm a bit like Marcy because I hadn't seen this film for a long time. Mm. And it's been a flipping joy hearing you go on about it and educate us, I think, mm-hmm. today as well. Hasn't it? I've had the best time just listening to you tell me all about it. So thanks, Kev. Yeah, yeah, no problem, Dirk. <laughs> uh, uh, that, no. Well, that, no problem. How's this? No problem, Dirk. Mm. <laughs> Do and some, we we all yeah. survived so i guess we can have you on for a future muppet episode um, i would i would love to talk about that would be so great some classic muppet yeah. you, you you've lulled me into behaving by allowing me to talk about something, talk about something you enjoy yep that's exactly. the trick all right it well is. now we know for that's the next how time. you do it people <laughs> that's how right. you tame kapla you tricked me you tricked me proper did you a good one there like a kipper <laughs> that, that, one's a, for, that one's for you that one's for free that's what i was gonna say yeah that's that's the phrase you sign off with right i mean yeah. we're, we're done yeah <laughs> well <laughs> you were you you had a job to do yeah don't, don't I, think I did. you didn't forget i did i wrote the synopsis yeah I came in and i talked about the movie and now you've got to think of a song so, so you, you think of a movie yeah. song that think 
that you can connect to the movie in as tenuous way as humanly possible. Oh, I do. And Mm -hmm. I had to quickly listen to a previous episode to see what Marcy had said, because I'm like, this is a stretch, but it is my honest opinion. And I don't think you're going to question why, but the song that I attached to alien is the song Hello, My Ragtime Gal, <laughs> specifically sung by Michigan J-Frog. Uh, the song, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't get that song out of my head whenever it no. starts playing. So you just don't, nobody play it. No, I won't. Nobody no, play no. it. But, the, but I, and if anyone needs to know at home why, mm-hmm. it's because of freaking Spaceballs, because I grew up on Spaceballs so heavily that mm. it affected all the other movies that I was parodying. And, <laughs> I I like to count that as canonical alien lore that uh, that that happened in the mm-hmm. diner. So, but yeah, thank watch, you. That's watch perfect. That. Yeah. Great there you go. pick. Yeah. What about, what about you guys? Dirk, do you want to go or, or do you want me to go first? I can go because mine's not as uh, humorous as that. It is. <laughs> as, this is. I think last a few of the songs I've been I've picked have been just like well this song's called Little Monster and there's a little monster in this movie so that's the connection <laughs> but this so this one was a little bit more and it was a song from my adolescence by a British rock band called Terrorvision released in '96 and their song is Didn't Bleed Red which is about an alien invasion so there you go oh that's funny my song title is pretty similar my my band is also British as well. Ooh. So I picked uh, a song called Blood by Band of Skulls. Oh, um, yeah. It's a little bit of a creepy song, but the lyrics just kind of reminded me of Ripley a little bit. I don't know. I really like this song. I was trying to look for like a creepier sounding tone, I guess. And that's what I ended up with. So I don't mind a bit of blood, uh, Band of Skulls. Well, there we go. Mission it's completed. Apart from to say that if you've got uh, some feedback, if you've seen... Alien 3 first, and then had to go back and watch oh the two. Maybe write in. Maybe write in to tell us if you have got some opinion on Fraggles for some reason. Why don't you write in and tell us at the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com? And you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape. What we do now, Marcy? Well, uh, we are going to go to our next mix, um, right. which I'm very excited about. So, our next mix, not month is going to be animated so i believe you have the first pick sir would you like to tell us what we are watching because i don't think i have the final answer on you my don't cheat have the final sheet. answer because i flipped and flopped you always do a few times <laughs> and i'm just looking it up now to see when it was released um yeah we are going do you know what Mm-hmm. A little bit of connective tissue to this film okay. and see if anyone can answer what that connective tissue is. But we are doing from 1978 by Ralph Bakshi, I The Lord it. of the Rings. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. What? Are, are, is your connective tissue an attempt to go Ian Holm playing Bilbo and then? No. Okay. One I've of the characters is in, one of the actors from this movie is also mm. in. Oh, it's John Lord Hurt. Of, yeah, John Hurt's in it. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, John Hurt's in it. Yeah. yeah. So this this may have been my first introduction to John Hurt. We were discussing it before because mm. I I inhaled this movie as a child many, 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 many times. So I'm looking forward to you watching it, Marcy Dale. Oh my gosh. I you, I just I, looked at like how long this is. Are you going to survive? Are you going to have time to watch? Yeah, this? I thought about it afterwards and then maybe realize I've dug my own grave, but it's going to be, <laughs> I'll probably, wa- I'll probably watch it over two nights or something like that. Okay. I don't think 
that you can stream it anyway. You have to rent it or you have to buy yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't see anything for it. So, okay. Oh my God, Anthony Daniels is Legolas. Oh my God. <laughs> that face you just pulled then was one of love. I'm sure it was. It's not, a role, one, it's... not one of disgust. Oh the, the role he was born to play. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Screw Orlando Bloom. Let's make a recut of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we yeah, do. That's crazy. I wasn't. This was like the last thing I was expecting you to tell me today. So surprise! I'm surprised. Well, it was that Hotel Transylvania three, and I was in, <laughs> I was in on all of them. But your face every time I said Hotel Transylvania, you looked like I just farted. So I decided, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go with something else. Well, well done. I'm very Thanks. excited. Uh, Kablasto, thank you so much. This was very yeah. informative. I was not expecting that either, but thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. So you know Let's, what? Yes, we expected that. We expected chaos. I really we did. Didn't, we didn't. We didn't I, get that. Do you know what we got? What we got? We got a, a podcast professor sitting down it's the brain us, gremlin giving, <laughs> us, giving, I love us a lecture, giving us a lecture listen this is i mean megan will be asleep listening to this episode but this is the kind of thing that i talk about for her to fall asleep to at any moment any given moment so beautiful for well, people I'm... that actually want to listen to it well they don't know what well, they got into no you know let's but... not be so bold as to say that i i will i will be receiving messages where people said i listened to it and then no follow-up I'll that, let you know yeah. when I listen to this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to pry. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. I Thanks, will see everyone. you. Thanks. Thank you next for time. See you next time. See you for Muppets, Cablasto. Bye. I know. I don't even get to say thank you. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sign us off. Yeah, do it. Do it. You got to do it. Okay. First of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then suck at that, you suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Tape is a podcast hosted by Dirk and Marcy, mixed and edited by me. Our logo comes from Iron Tooth Design. Find us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape and catch new episodes on Wednesdays. Thanks for listening. Bye.